Welcome back to The Emily Show, or should I say, hello, 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 hello. Yes, Emily, please don't sing. Okay, I couldn't help myself. Today, we're talking about the Nirvana baby being a big baby and suing Nirvana over the Nevermind album cover. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be a helpful breakdown or a just flat-out rant about how much I hate this lawsuit. Hopefully there's some information you will learn. Nudity does not equal a a legal issue. So we're going to break it all down. And yes, we are going to talk about concepts of CP and alleged child sexual exploitation. But really what we're talking about is the Nirvana Nevermind album cover with the naked baby the dollar bill, the fish hook, you know, the album cover I'm talking about. We're all the same age here. You know what I'm talking about. We should just get into it. I have so many thoughts on this one and I am, I'm, I'm frustrated with this lawsuit. I really am. I have a lot of frustration about this lawsuit and you're going to get to hear about it right now. So let's just, let's just get into it. Hey there. Welcome to the Emily show. I'm your host, Emily D Baker, badass lawyer and everyone's favorite legal commentator, breaking down the legal shit in the news and pop culture stories you want to talk about. I've been a licensed attorney for over 15 years. I'm a former prosecutor and I'm a big fan of the cursey words. So let's break it down. Before we get all the way into it, I think the quote that sums up my generation is, here we are now. Entertain us. Entertain us. No, I I really do enjoy Nirvana. I went to high school in the 90s. I remember this album so well. I remember being in my childhood bedroom, listening to Smells Like Teen Spirit on like the top nine at nine on K-Rock in the evening on my radio, like while I was laying in bed, getting ready to go to bed and before Loveline came on. So I like, I have visceral memories of this music video of this album cover of this album, but that's not why I'm mad because if this was actually an issue, I would be like, Hey, let's talk about what we've learned in the 30 years. Fuck. I'm old. Since this album came out, it came out in 1991, 30 years. It's been 30 years. Oh my God. That aside, and before we get all the way into this solo story for the day, uh, first of all, if you are watching the video version, I am wearing my Control F Yourself shirt because this is this is a metaphor for how we're feeling today. Um, and you can get that at the Lawn Nerd Shop if you want to check out thelawnerdshop.com. We have some new stuff coming for fall, and we are transitioning uh, the summer stuff out of the shop. So you have just a few more days to go check out the rest of the summer collection before it is gone into the vault. And for those of you that just listen on the podcast, I am going to be moving right now. The membership benefits are all on YouTube. Some of you on the podcast have told me that YouTube is not your vibe. I get it. That audio only is your way to go. Well, I'm going to be moving the Lawnard community over to Patreon. So there will be member benefits that are not just centered around YouTube, including a little bit of a sneaky peek members only podcast, which is going to be a separate show from the Emily show. That is just an, I have thoughts show. And that will be an exclusive content over on the lawn arts community on Patreon. I'm very excited so that we can integrate our whole wide lawn arts community. So we can chat 
and enjoy one another and have some other exclusive content. So details will be coming on my social media and there will be a link down in the description box below when that is available in early September. It's so close. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. There is so much to come for the Lawnard community because the feedback I get is we want more content and your support allows me to do that. So supporting me and supporting the show allows me to bring you more episodes, more cases, more coverage, and more content. But for today, for today, I mean, you're like, yes, Emily, here I am. Entertain me. (laughs) No, let's talk about this lawsuit. What WTF is even happening here? This is a federal lawsuit that was filed in the Central District of California on August 24th, 2021, between Spencer Eldon and legit everybody. We will get into all of the people he was suing, but a few things that need to be mentioned before we get into this. Spencer has, in fact, recreated the infamous Big Baby album cover for the album's 10th anniversary, when he would have been 10, the 17th anniversary, when he would have been 17. Do you see how this is going? He's 30 now. (laughs) He was born just, you know, in 1991 as well. The 20th anniversary and the 25th anniversary with Trunks on. So four times he has recreated this album cover. He also has Nevermind tattooed across his chest, and that is visible in some of those images. So the the history here. Now, he told CNN in 2008 that he would be often asked to attend events as, quote, the Nirvana baby. We know that he's attended cons and stuff like that and fan conventions to sign the album cover. We know that he has made it known or his family has made it known that it is in fact him because I don't know how anybody would have figured out that he was the baby on the cover of the Nirvana cover, on the cover of the Nirvana, in the picture on the Nirvana cover, Somebody would have had to say that. I don't think anyone was just going to be like, hey, this guy's this guy. I think he, at least it seems to me, that he leaned into that notoriety. So whether the lifelong damages alleged in this lawsuit are there or not, I have questions. He also has said that his parents were compensated $200 for the photo shoot. Whether that compensation was passed on to him or not, it should have been. We don't know but that he was not compensated beyond that. However, that's not unusual for a commercial photo shoot. You get paid for your time in the shoot. You don't always get paid for what the shoot is used for. You don't get like a percentage of album sales because you're on the cover. You got paid to show up and do the shoot. In 2016, in an interview, he talked about having the Nevermind tattoo on his chest, but he did say that sometimes it's hard not to get upset when you hear how much money was involved. When I go to a baseball game and think about it, quote, man, everybody at this baseball game has probably seen my little baby penis. Well, that's okay. And then he went on to say, I feel like I got part of my human rights revoked. But that wasn't Nirvana's fault. That's not the art director's fault. That's not the band director's fault. The photographer called your parents and your parents were like, yeah, we cool. And then they got paid $200 and had photos of you taken in the pool. Your parents made that choice. They, other parents would have brought their baby to the pool at the, you know, at the Rose Bowl (laughs) 
aquatic center and had their kids photographed. And in fact, other babies were photographed this day. That was just the winning photo of all of the photos that were chosen. So it is not well taken by me that he's like, I'm upset when you hear how much money was involved. The album did well, but you got paid a day rate as a baby model. And whether we want to talk about the exploitation, this we will get back to after I cover this lawsuit. There is an overriding conversation that needs to happen about children being used, not in in film and television, because there are rules and regulations and people on set, and you're supposed to have trust accounts for the money that goes to the kids. There are rules for that. It's the kids on social media, on TikTok, on YouTube, that are the focus of channels or that are um, part of the content of channels, and whether they have trust accounts set up, whether they uh, have any idea that how they are being, you know, you, I, I hate to say used, but how they are on social media at such a young age, or even in like a reality show at such a young age, how that will be perceived down the road. Will we see lawsuits about child labor or potential child exploitation, not in a sexual realm, but in other realms with regard to social media and kids being on social media down the road? I think so. Is that a big conversation that needs to happen? I think so. Is that the conversation that's happening in this lawsuit? Absolutely not. This lawsuit, well, you're going to tell me what it sounds like. We're going to get into the nuts and bolts of this thing real quick and talk about what these charges are and who was even sued anyway. So let's just, let's just get into this lawsuit. Spencer Eldon, big Nirvana baby, is suing Nirvana. I'm going to say it wrong half the time. Nirvana, Nirvana. Sometimes it just gets pronounced weird. Apologies. Nirvana, Universal Music Group, Inc., the David Geffen Company, Geffen Records, Warner Music, MCA Music, Kirk Weedle, the photographer, Weddle, Weedle, Weedle, I guess is the Pokemon, Weddle, (laughs) sorry, Kirk. I I think you get disrespected in this whole lawsuit, Kirk, and I'd be pissed off if I were you, but we'll get into that in a minute. Kurt Cobain deceased Courtney Love as executor of the estate of Kurt Cobain, Heather Perry as manager of the estate of Kurt Cobain, Guy Osry, as manager of the estate of Kurt Cobain, Christ, oh, I can never get his name right. Novelosic, Chad Channing, Dave Grohl, and Robert Fisher as the defendants. Spencer alleges this complaint is follow. First of all, this complaint pisses me off out of the gate because it has the numbers double-spaced in this federal lawsuit. And I don't think for California federal courts, this double-spaced 20-line paper is uh, conforming to type. We normally see the uh, the single-lined numbers with the double lines on the side or line and a half, but this is double-spaced and it just looks weird. The nature of the action, this is a suit for damages arising out of the defendant's violations of federal criminal CP laws. I'm not, because this is also put on YouTube, we're not going to get into the nitty gritty of all of the words. Yes, I know there is a lot of debate about using the word child, um, child sexual abuse images. Look, we are going with CP. It's the statute. It's what the statutes are called. It is well understood that that is what it is. Um, This is the language that's easy to use because if I start saying uh, C S, a, I, I'm going to get confused. 
uh, because I was a prosecutor for a long time and we always refer to it as CP. It's the language of my work. So they think that this is CP. I don't think it is. We'll get into that in a minute. They then say that under 18 USC 2255, it allows victims of CP to recover actual damages or liquidated damages in the amount of $150,000 and the cost of the action, including reasonable attorney fees and other litigation costs. So he is saying right out at the, the nature of the action, hey, under this civil code, we can seek a civil remedy. This is not a criminal case. This is not somebody being prosecuted for producing CP, distributing or possessing CP. I cover cases like that on my channel, i.e., Josh Duggar. But that's not what this is. This is a civil case alleging that these people were involved in the production and distribution, that this individual was a child in the image and that they were harmed and they can seek a civil remedy of a fixed amount of $150,000 per defendant. There's a lot of defendants here. They also get into the fact that the court can award punitive damages. Remember, those are the punished ones like you suck, smack, lots of damages, the punishment ones and other equitable relief. This whole section, I think, should be at the end of the suit. I think it's very, I don't know, is it a Freudian slip that the paragraph after the causes of action is like, and here's how we get the money? Because it feels like it's so, it's before any of the facts. Here's how we're allowed to bring this action. Here's how we get to the money. What it doesn't talk about is the statute of limitations, because again, this is 30 years old. We will get to that because I think this case is too old to be brought. I also don't think the image will meet any of the tests for CP. There, there we go. Foot Footnote version. I think this lawsuit is bullshit. I think it's going to get thrown out. The judge might yell at this attorney. I kind of hope that they do. This attorney deserves to be yelled at. I think this whole complaint fails on its face, and I don't think it should have been brought, and it feels like an attention grab to try to pressure money out of people. Those are my thoughts. That's my opinion. That is how it seems to me. They say that defendants, all of them, by the way, all of them, Courtney Love and everybody, Geffen Music, all the people, defendants knowingly produced, possessed, advertised commercial CP depicting Spencer, and they knowingly received value in exchange for doing so, that defendants reproduced CP depicting Big Nirvana Baby, knowing and intending that it would be distributed internationally and that they would receive value. Despite this knowledge, defendants failed to take reasonable steps to protect Spencer and prevent his widespread sexual exploitation and image trafficking. I'm sorry. What? They asked for babies at a photo shoot. Big Nirvana Baby's parents brought him to a photo shoot. And Dave Grohl and the former drummer, who wasn't even the drummer in 1991, was supposed to take reasonable steps to prevent Spencer, who was brought to a photo shoot, from, from widespread trafficking and exploitation? Really? That, that's what we're alleging? Because human and child trafficking is a, is a thing and it's a real problem but what it's not is a commercial photo shoot in this case that that okay continuing on they said um the defendants benefited from the exploitation that the plaintiff has suffered and will continue to suffer lifelong damages um Okay, that defendants intentionally commercially marketed the CP and leveraged the shocking nature of his image to promote themselves and their music at his expense. Um, 
first of all, his parents brought him. So th- they thought that there was probably consent there because you don't get paid for a photo shoot if you don't think that there's consent there. And then it, I think the definition of CP is misplaced on this image, but the shocking nature of the album cover is A, iconic, B, in museums, and C, a uh, very, very 90s of them. It's very grunge. It's very rock and roll. But again, it seems to me to be more of a commentary on, you know, capitalism and commercialism and anything for the dollar. That's how this album cover always struck me. They go on to allege, again, allegations and shade. There's no shade in this. This is just allegations and reaching at straws that don't exist. Um, They're not even, they're not even the shitty paper straws that have like already started to disintegrate in your drink. So you can't drink it anymore. Cause like the plastic cup lids are already like knifing the straw that's getting too soft. Cause it's paper. It's not even that kind of a straw. They're just like reaching it at, at not even the shitty straws, all straws. You know what I mean? This lawsuit pisses me off. And that analogy just ran away and kept going. <laughs> Defendants use CP depicting Spen- uh, Spencer as an essential element of a record promotion scheme commonly utilized in the music industry. This all seems like just uh, conjecture to get attention wherein album covers posed children in sexually provocative manner to gain notoriety, drive sales and garner media attention. Okay. Then they go through who all the parties are. The, the big Nirvana baby, the Nirvana LLC, David Geffen company, Geffen records, What's interesting to me is when they get to alleging uh, the drummers, they (laughs) defendant Chad Channing um, at all relevant times, Chad Channing was the drummer of Nirvana. And then they, the next defendant is David Grohl at all relevant times. Dave Grohl was the drummer of Nirvana. No, Channing was the former drummer at this point in time. Grohl was the actual drummer at this point in time. But none of them were the art director. So, none of them were the photographer. All right. Okay. It's just, it's all a reach. But later in the complaint, they argue that Grohl had replaced Channing and then they still included him in this lawsuit, which just seems disingenuous to me. Jurisdiction and venue, I'm not even going to cover because the statute of limitations issue is so glaring to me. The factual background. In 1987, near Seattle, Washington, defendants Cobain and Novoselic created an alternative punk rock band. No! Grunge! They are a grunge band. They are not an alternative punk rock band. Grunge. They are a grunge band. (sighs) Objection. Misstating history. An alternative punk rock band Nirvana, which at all relevant times operated as Nirvana LLC. Soon after Channing joined Nirvana as a band member and drummer, Nirvana, a budding grunge band. Oh, thank you. Thank you for getting it right. Two paragraphs later, released their first punk rock album, Grunge Album, in 1989. By 1990, Grohl joined Nirvana as a band member and drummer. Right. By 1990, Grohl joined. So why are you suing Channing? It's just horseshit. At that time, Nirvana was practically unknown to the general public. Yes, we know. Sometime in 1990, DCG Records hired Fisher to design cover artwork for the uh, album. 
According to Fisher, Nirvana wanted images of nude babies for the production of their 1991 Nevermind album cover. At this point in the lawsuit, they attach a couple news articles. I've linked those in the show notes and description so you can read the articles that they are finding important here. If you want a little more history on how this was created from the perspective of the designer working on this, I actually thought it was a really interesting article. I read it and I think this lawsuit misstates some of what the article says, which also then fueled my frustration. They say that Nirvana ultimately decided to use a dollar bill on a fish hook as a prop. They actually put that into the image after they photoshopped that into the image. After an extensive debate between the use of a dollar bill, raw meat, a dog, and other objects commonly associated with Puritan interests. And then they cite the article. That's not what the fuck the article says. What the article says is they talked about the baby underwater and wanted something more so it wasn't just like a random floating baby underwater. They wanted something else to convey something else and talked about something either funny or something to convey music. And then they ended up with like this fish hook idea being kind of menacing and then the dollar bill on the fish hook. And that is what the article talks about. It does not talk about Puritan interests. And uh, is raw meat commonly associated with Puritan interests? Or a dog? What in the fuck are you doing to your dog? I have questions about where this lawyer's head is at because a dollar bill, raw meat, and a dog and other objects commonly associated with Puritan interests. What the fuck? The reach. The reach of it all. They go on to talk about the fact that in 1991, the photographer took, quote, explicit photos again Just being naked doesn't mean it's explicit. Explicit photos of Big Nirvana Baby, who was four months old at the time, at the Pasadena Aquatic Center. They took a series of sexually graphic nude photographs. I take issue with that description, That's but it's their lawsuit. To ensure that the album cover would trigger a visceral sexual response from a viewer, Weedle activated... This is just so appalling to me that this is how this is being argued. It but we're just going there to ensure the album cover would trigger a visceral sexual response from the viewer. The, the Weddle, the photographer activated Spencer's gag reflex before throwing him underwater in poses, highlighting and emphasizing his genital regions, his exposed genitals. Here's the thing. First of all, if the baby is underwater, the photographer would have been underwater before the baby went underwater. So the photographer was not, if the photographer is taking the picture, the photographer is not the one tossing the baby into the water. That would have been the parent. Second of all, in the articles that they attached talking about this photo shoot, they show the baby being passed underwater from parent to parent. So this misstates what, what the photo evidence and the articles about this photo shoot say. Third, you would activate a baby's gag reflex before putting them underwater so they don't go underwater and go and suck in water instead of air. You would try to get them to suck in air before they go underwater. Has this, has this lawyer never been to a mommy and me swim class? Have you never had a child in a pool? The, it, the, the, the framing of this is so offensive to me because it's just disingenuous. To ensure the cover would trigger a visceral sexual response, they activated the baby's gag reflex to pose him? No. They tried to get the baby from sucking in water because they don't want to harm the baby, shooting the baby in the water, under the water. And they're not trying to trigger a visceral sexual response. 
They're trying to trigger a response. Art is allowed to push the boundaries without becoming pornography. This is like an entire year of con law in this case. The constitutional law professors everywhere are literally, um, no, I can't say they're gagging because gagging generally is a good thing. Like, oh, I'm gagged. Um, the the con- <laughs> colloquialisms, the con law professors are vomiting over this lawsuit. They're like, that's not how that works. You're allowed to have art and nudity. Okay. Okay. We're going to keep going. I'm just so frustrated by this. And it's just that argument, that particular sentence, one, takes a lot of leaps, makes a lot of assumptions, and it's signed. It's signed by the big baby. How do you know that this is true? You were four months old. How can you verify that they did that for that purpose? This is all assumption and speculation. They say that the fish hooks were purchased to add to the scene. Those were added in later because there are articles that they attached. I didn't go looking for them. The articles they attached show the original photo and then the design mock-ups. They go on to say that Kurt Cobain chose the image depicting Spencer, quote, this is what they say in the lawsuit, like a sex worker grabbing for a dollar bill that is positioned dangling from a fish hook in front of his nude body with his penis explicitly displayed. First of all, it's in the photo. It's not explicitly displayed. Second of all, the fish hook and the dollar bill were superimposed on the photo after the fact. Then they go on to contradict themselves by saying Fisher admired, quote, the positioning, the look on the baby's face, the way that his arms were stretched out like he was reaching for something because they were superimposing the stuff on later. But trying to liken this child to a sex worker is just such a fucking stretch. They then go on to say that like other controversial album covers, the defendants sought to garner attention with an explicit image, which intentionally focused on Spencer's carefully positioned enlarged genitals. That is what they said in this fucking lawsuit. And look, if you want to talk about explicitly focusing on the genital region of a child, if you have watched Cuties, you will know what I'm talking about. They zoom in on the pubic region of gyrating prepubescent girls. It's it's that, for me, is problematic. I had issues with that. I was like, I can see where there's an argument for this, where the other argument was, this is art. It's fine. That one's on the line for me. I think it, it leans to the CP direction. This is not focused. This is focused on the hook, the dollar bill, and the face. The The thing that's that's kind of shocking about this album cover or attention grabbing is you notice the foreground first, the the face, the baby arms, the dollar bill and the fish hook. And it's like the baby going towards the money. And then you're like, oh, okay. And he's naked because it's not, it's not intentionally focused on the carefully positioned genitals. This is a baby moving through water and photos being taken. They say that the photographer created commercial CP of Big Nirvana Baby, which helped propel Nevermind album to international recognition. Are they trying to argue that there's like some covert peddling of CP and that's why the album did well? The album did well because it was different at the time and it was it was it was like the Matrix to movies. It changed music for generations. Not because it was some kind of CP ring, but we'll get to that in a minute. They said that after receiving pushback, 
Uh, Kurt Cobain agreed to redact the image by releasing the album with a sticker placed over the genitals saying, quote, if you're offended by this, you must be a closet pedophile. Well, right. Cobain in that quote, which comes from a um, entertainment article that I will link, is saying, if you think that this is suggestive, there's something the fuck wrong with you, not the image on the cover. If you think just a kid being naked is sexually suggestive, then I have questions about you. So the quote that they are highlighting, to me, underlies the entire problem with this lawsuit beyond the statute of limitations, because that's going to get it yeeted right out of here before anything else. This does not fall within the statute of limitations. Yeet. This is going to get dismissed. But if they got to the question of whether this image counted as CP, this argument belies their argument. It's, 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 most are not going to find this sexual in nature, which is exactly what Cobain is saying. Look, it's an naked baby. It's not sexy. It's not supposed to be. They go on to say that the um, that the photographer later told Times Time Magazine that it was a great concept: a baby underwater, unable to breathe, going after money on a fish hook. The debut of Nevermind occurred in September 1991. The album debuted at number 144 on the Billboard 20. And then they go into how well the album performed, which literally has nothing to do with whether this is CP or not. It's going to the fact that they benefited or trying to go to the fact that they benefited from the album cover, but it doesn't ever take into account that the music is part of what made this album so successful. They say that the photographer's commercial CP depicting big baby's genitals became the iconic image associated with Nirvana and that the Big Nirvana Baby's true identity and legal name are forever tied to the commercial sexual exploitation he experienced as a minor, which has been distributed and sold worldwide from the time he was a baby to present day. You know who he's not suing in this lawsuit? His parents. If you feel Big Nirvana Baby, um, and since you don't want your true identity and legal name forever tied to this image, we'll just keep going with Big Nirvana Baby. If you, Big Nirvana Baby, feel that it is unfair and illegal that your true identity and legal name are forever tied to the commercial sexual exploitation that you endured from being a child, then the people who were in charge of protecting you from being exploited and maybe benefited because they got paid $200 for the photo shoot are your parents. Go talk to them. Maybe don't tattoo the name of the album onto your chest to continue to cement the connection in people's mind. Maybe, just maybe, don't recreate the album when you are 10, 17, 20, and 25 to further cement into people's mind what you look like as a 10-year-old, a 17-year-old, a 20-year-old, and a 25-year-old. Because otherwise, if you never came out with your name Attached to this image, no one's going to know that 30-year-old walking around you is the baby from the cover. Half half of people I know can't identify. Well, this is hyperbole. People have a difficult time identifying their friends from baby photos. Have you seen the episode of The Office where they put all the baby photos on the wall and they can't identify each other? Yeah, it's like that in real life too. It's very hard to be like, oh, that baby must be that guy walking down the street. Generally, you say to someone, oh, this is my baby photo. And they go, oh. Okay, I can kind of see the likeness, but are you kidding me? People aren't going to make this connection unless this connection is made for them. 
like attending events and recreating the album art. Am I crazy? Am I crazy? They then go on to say, um, prior to the controversial album cover depicting Nirvana Baby's CP image, Nirvana was relatively unknown. I mean, you take so many fucking jumps with that. Did you hurt yourself? Did you blow out a knee with all the jumping that you're doing to get to this conclusion? Because like backbends and re- all the analogies, backbends, reaching, jumping, somebody is getting an orthopedic injury from trying to reach around this freaking sentence because it totally discounts that there was also an album that came out that he had massive success because of Smells Like Teen Spirit. They then go on to say that Nirvana Baby's image created massive commercial success for Nirvana, for which Spencer never received any compensation. Whoop. There it is. That's where it is. That's where it is. Spencer's image, they are arguing, created massive commercial success, not the music, for Nirvana, for which he never received compensation. That is it. His parents were paid for the image. If they didn't pay him, sue them. It's a a commercial photo shoot. You were paid for the work that you did while your parents were. And if they didn't pay you, then that's on them. That's not on Nirvana. You don't get a cut of sales. That's not how this works. The only thing in here that's interesting is that they say that the parents never signed a release. And that is the next part of this lawsuit. They go on to say neither Spencer nor his legal guardians ever. Well, of course, he's not going to sign it. He was four months old. Neither Spencer nor his legal guardians ever signed a release authorizing the use of any images of Spencer or of his likeness, and certainly not of commercial CP depicting him. Right. But the statute of limitations on that likeness release is way long gone. Way, way long gone. This is why if you are doing photography, if you do graphic design, if you do anything using people's likenesses, you have to get a likeness release and it has to be in any form for all time, all the things, because stuff like this coming back up, this one's blocked by statute of limitations, but, but this is shit you don't want to have to deal with because somebody still has to make a call to their lawyer and be like, are you kidding me? Like, really? I'm, I have to pay you to have a conversation about this. They then go on to allege that the Nevermind album cover constitutes CP within the meaning of 18 USC 2256 which describes CP. And we've talked about this before on this channel. We've talked about it in episodes with regard to cuties. We've talked about it with regard to a YouTube influencer who sold a picture of herself as a child without underwear on, like a little video clip of her spinning around without underwear on that was was deeply problematic that she was selling it on OnlyFans with And on OnlyFans, you can't see the picture before you pay for it. So you had a subscription to like her because she was a YouTuber or whatever. And then she would sell other images behind the paywall and you could pay to get these additional images. And the title of the image said, oops, forgot my panties or something like that. And then it was a little video of her as a kid spinning around with a skirt without underwear on. And there was a conversation then, well, what is this? And that, the way it was sold was to make it seem a certain way. But the image itself wasn't created that way. And we covered this uh, statute then, and we're covering it again now. 
any visual depiction, photograph, film, video, picture, computer, or computer-generated image, or picture, whether made or produced by electronic, mechanical, or other means of sexually explicit conduct where, remember, sexually explicit conduct where the production of such visual depiction involves the use of a minor engaging in sexually explicit conduct. This is this is where the cuties argument lies because they were replicating um they were replicating explicit conduct, but they were not actually engaged in sexually explicit conduct. Such visual depiction is a digital image, computer image, computer-generated image of a minor engaging in sexually explicit conduct, right? You can't just like digitally create it and have it not be illegal. And then such a visual depiction has been created, adapted, or modified to appear that an identifiable minor is engaging in sexually explicit conduct. Swimming naked is not sexually explicit conduct. It just isn't. It just isn't. They go on to say that Nevermind depicts a lascivious exhibition of his penis and genital area. They said that he, big baby, should not have to experience, quote, a lifetime of knowing that a permanent record has been made of his or her abasement coming from people versus Kongs. Then they get into the dosed factors, which is a case that gets into describing what is deemed sexually explicit. And there are factors that a court will weigh about, one, whether the focal point is the genital or pubic area, two, whether the setting is sexually suggestive, i.e. place or pose generally associated with sexual activity, whether the child is in an unnatural pose or in inappropriate attire considering the age, whether the child is fully or partially clothed or nude, whether the child's conduct suggests sexual coyness or a willingness to engage in sexual activity, whether the conduct is intended or designed to elicit a sexual response from the viewer. So you will see that, again, they, in this lawsuit, are trying to weave in the idea that, look, this was designed to get a sexual response, but they're not going to pass that test because that's not what this is. Um, And this is, this is a reach. They go through and say, uh, quoting the same case dose, any visual depiction need not involve all of these factors to be a lascivious exhibition of the genitals or pubic area. After taking into account the age of the minor depicted, an analysis of the overall content of the visual depiction is necessary to determine whether the image constitutes CP. Right. We know it when we see it. And it has to, each image and images will have to be uh, d- determined by the court. They're not even going to get that far because of the statute of limitations issues. But even if they did, it would fail to pass this test under standing case law. They say that big uh, Nirvana baby has been and will continue to suffer personal injury by the distribution and possession of CP depicting him by persons, including defendants, the permanent harm he has proximately suffered. They just like word salad of legal terms. See, he did it. Psychological distress, emotional distress, permanent emotional distress, proximate cause, legal, legal, look, it's legal, it's legal. And if this case were to succeed, which it won't. Then if you own this album or have looked at this album or have downloaded this album on like iTunes with the cover art, you have now committed a crime because you have now received or downloaded CP. This is not. And that result would be ridiculous. This is an album cover. 
Art can include nudity. Art can be shocking and offensive. Sure can. Sure can. First claim of relief under 18 U.S.C. 2255, arguing that this is CP and that under the code you can get up to $150,000 per victim and reasonable attorney's fees, et cetera, et cetera. The second cause of action I find particularly offensive, the second cause of action under 18 U.S.C. 1595, this section allows for civil relief, a civil lawsuit, sue somebody for money for something that otherwise is a criminal action, in this case, uh, trafficking and exploitation. And so this section has a longer statute of limitation than others to address the issue of trafficking and exploitation. But it says that under that section, this is the statute, under that section, it must, I'm just going to quote it, quote, no action may be maintained under subsection A unless it is commenced not later than the later of either 10 years after the cause of action, 10 years after the victim reaches 18 years of age, if the victim was a minor at the time of the offense. It's been 30 years since the action, and he is 30 years old, so this is not by the time he was 28. So it's going to fail on that. But they're alleging in cause of action two that Spencer was forced to engage in commercial sexual acts while under the age of 18 years old. Are what? Really? You put that in the lawsuit? I, I don't even know how you can in any way say that you were forced to engage in sex acts. How does a lawyer type this with a, with a, with with dignity and integrity and 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 ethics? Like, a, it's a it's a photo. It's a photo. It's a it's a photo. This is not sex trafficking. This is not forcing a child to engage in commercial sex acts. That happens in the world. This isn't it. The third claim of action is just for negligence, all the negligence, just negligence, you know, gross negligence, negligence per se, negligent infliction of emotional distress, all the negligence. They just all. Plaintiff incorporates all negligence claims. There aren't any negligence claims made, but all of them were alleging all the negligence poorly. And then they say that um, possession and distribution of CP is illegal under federal and California law. It's illegal in every state and across the world. Each of the defendants had a duty to protect Spencer. Courtney Love, did you know that you had a duty to protect someone that you've never met? How? How? How was there a duty? How? 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 Just wait. Not everyone just owes a duty to everybody. His parents owe him a duty. Why aren't they being sued then? If, if he was trafficked, why aren't you suing his parents? Oh, oh, because they don't have the $150,000 maybe to pay him? Perhaps. They go on with this ridiculousness saying each of the defendants breached their duty to protect someone that they don't owe a legal duty to. The fourth claim for relief is distribution of private sexually explicit materials. Again, they're not sexually explicit. Again, this argument that they literally say Defendants knew that Spencer had a reasonable expectation that the sexually explicit images depicting him would remain private. I'm sorry. What? Big Nirvana Baby had an expectation of privacy. First of all, no, he didn't because he's four months old. His parents would have, but you're not suing on their behalf. A 
the defendants, all of the defendants knew that when they paid for a commercial photo shoot and paid parents so that their child could participate in a commercial photo shoot, that they then were to believe that there was a reasonable expectation of privacy after you had been paid for your participation in a commercial photo shoot? What? How? 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 Oh, not how. Just no. Just fucking no. Nope. They, They double down with this. Intrusion into private affairs. Nope. His parents brought him to a photo shoot and were paid for it because his dad knew the photographer. They say, they say, defendants intentionally intruded on Spencer's reasonable expectation of privacy by continuing to distribute commercial CP depicting him even after Spencer notified defendants that he was a minor and that the material was being distributed without his consent. Bro, you're four months old in that picture. They're aware that you're a minor. And consent was given by your parents. And they were paid. The next claim um, is for invasion of privacy under the California Constitution. Just stop it. Defendants knew Spencer had a reasonable expectation that commercial CP depicting him would remain private. No. Defendants intentionally intruded into Spencer's reasonable expectation of privacy by continuing to distribute the commercial CP. No. Relief requested money uh, and more money. And then it's signed. Digitally signed by the attorney, Robert Lewis, of Marsh Law in New York, and um, and by the Spencer. Mm-hmm. 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 There are, there are a few lawsuits that I've covered that I'm mad at. Um, some of them I'm mad at when they're just poorly done. I'm like, you can't allege this this way. You can't argue this this way. You've used... 47 line paper and it literally hurts my eyes to read it. It makes me want to, you know, punch it. But this lawsuit is just disingenuous. Like the lawyer should have a reasonable expectation that this lawsuit could be brought. And after researching the statute of limitations, there is no way that this lawsuit can fly, which smacks to me, in my opinion, of you just just bringing a frivolous lawsuit to what to embarrass the band into giving you money or attention why why and why alleging things that are are serious and and making them kind of a mockery in this lawsuit this is not exploitation this is not trafficking this is not cp move aside and let those things be litigated by children that are actually harmed by the people that exploit them. This isn't it. And it diminishes those cases going forward because this gains so much notoriety and people are like, oh yeah, that's bullshit. Because everyone's response from Twitter to everywhere, <laughs> Twitter, my comment section, the uh, the reel that I put up, the, the YouTube short I put up, everybody's like, this is a money grab. This is a money grab. This is a money grab. It sure seems that way to me too. Normally, even if the case is poorly written and there's some causes of action, I'm like, yeah, that should probably go to a jury or a judge and be decided. You, there is, there is some issue there. there. There's no issue here. This lawsuit cannot stand. This is total bullshit, and it pisses me off. And I hope that this is dismissed by the judge very quickly, and that he looks at these defendants and and says, you know what? Never mind. I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. I couldn't. 
dad jokes. No, I hope he looks at this lawyer and goes, are you serious with this shit? No. What you're not going to do is bring a lawsuit that has no reasonable expectation of standing because it can't because of the statute of limitations. It feels frivolous to me. I don't like it. And uh, I would love to hear your thoughts about it. So drop them in the comments on the video. Leave a review of the podcast if you find these breakdowns helpful or if you just like it when I get pissed off and rant. I mean, let me know that too. You can connect with me everywhere on social media at the Emily D. Baker. And I cannot wait to connect with you inside the Law Nerd community over on Patreon. So until next time, grab a glass and say it with me. May your Wi-Fi be strong. May your family be well. May your toilet paper be plentiful. And may the odds be ever in your favor. I messed it up again. (laughs) May your Wi-Fi be strong. May your toilet paper be plentiful. May your family be well. And may the odds be ever in your favor. I will talk to you in the next one. Thank you so much for being a law nerd.